spinning top. Spin to win. Hi, my dear eluded by motivation listener. I'm your motivation questing, rational seeking host Shifali. Before we dive into our usual analysis oasis, please reflect upon a few questions. Have you ever found it difficult to continue pouring effort into an endless pit without knowing if it would ever get filled? Have you experienced the high and low tides of motivation, flooding your existence in one moment and leaving you with a feeling of utter hopelessness the next? Have you found yourself questioning the rationale of working day after day doing something that empirically has a very low chance of success? Entrepreneurs feel it all the time. So do writers, artists, singers, bloggers, in fact anyone who must toil for a fruit that may eventually turn out to be a mirage. And yet, because this is the only way to get where we aspire to reach, we must continuously fuel our motivation to toil, to put in the effort. Once upon a time, when trains were pulled by steam engines, the job of the train crew was not easy. They had to continuously feed coke into the furnace that kept the steam up and the engine chugging. And they would use spades to shove the coke into the furnace. It was literally a back-breaking task. But it would eventually accomplish the goal, which was take the train and the passengers to its destination. It was effort that had to be done and while at work, the crew sweated but shouted and cursed, even sang and laughed to keep the energy up. They weren't thinking of the destination. They were thinking of keeping the furnace going. Effort, you see, is a very interesting concept. And understanding and using it could help us be more prosperous and successful. And there isn't any doubt about it. But the problem here is that effort is work. That has to be done and more often than not, it has to be done without the expectations of an immediate ready-to-pick fruit. At this point, I am reminded of a shlok from Srimad Bhagavad Gita in which Sri Krishna tells a pensive Arjun, Karmanyavadhikaraste ma faleshu kadachan ma karm fal hetu bhurma in this shlok, Krishna tells Arjun three important things. One, that your right extends only to performing your duty, that you cannot expect or demand or aspire for the fruits of your action. Two, that you shouldn't assume that you are the one causing things to happen. And three, that you shouldn't avoid doing your duty due to any attachments. Hey, what was that? Did I hear a derisive snicker? Aha! Isn't that you, my listener? I take it that you aren't quite happy with my choice of topic today. Shivali, every Indian has heard that couplet. We all know what it means. Karam kiye jao, phal ki chinta mat karo. Keep working. Don't worry about the rewards. Yes, that is what all employers would have us believe. Then why do they speak of the company's bottom line? And why did we once learn that a business's main objective was maximizing the shareholder's wealth? It is a trick, 
so that we turn into minions. But my dear listener, you have just taken the first of the three points. What about the other two? They are as important, if not more. And they deserve to be understood too. I agree that the first point has been laboured and belaboured. And you and I both know what it means. Don't be too focused on the fruit. Once you have determined your goal and chalked out your path to it, just walk that path. Be focused on the path. Be focused on how you'll cover the distance and do your best to ensure that you don't get disheartened and you don't give up. I believe in this completely. And this podcast is a case in point. I started this podcast about 40 days ago. And to be frank, it takes a lot of effort to create each episode. Since I couldn't take the time out of my regular schedule, I have added a couple of waking hours to my routine. And once in a while when I talk to my family about it, they can't understand why I'm so hell-bent on posting regularly and how it is going to help, if at all. They keep asking me, what is in it for you, Shifali? I, on the other hand, I am not thinking of the goal because I had set it right at the beginning and I have already dissociated from it. I am only thinking of the challenge that I had given myself when I started this podcast. You see, I had never done anything related to voice ever before and I wanted to challenge myself to speak out my thoughts and I told myself that I'll find listeners of my own kind who think rationally, who love the beauty of logic, who emote strongly. And I set myself the milestone of 52 episodes. I repeated to myself what Krishna had told Arjun. I won't think of the milestone. I'll only think of creating the best episodes I can and I'll upload them twice a week. And I have been seeing tremendous improvement in my own delivery. Thanks to practice, supported by constructive feedback supplied by you, my kind listener. In fact, in life, we come across a lot of people who are brilliant, even bordering on genius, but they don't persist. They give up because they are too focused on what is in it for me. When people ask me why I am podcasting, I tell them it is because I want to. Because I like challenging myself and I want to make each episode better than the previous one. So the first point is simple and everyone understands it quite well. My point is that it is also a great point. My interpretation of the second point which states that you shouldn't assume that you are the one causing things to happen is that even if you are engaged in goal-directed, attachment-forsaking effort without expecting any immediate fruit. Still, you should be prepared to account for events that are caused by factors external to you. Other people, other organizations, societies, communities, even forces of nature. Tens of thousands of businesses, both small and big, went out of operation. Millions got displaced or lost their jobs due to COVID. A force of nature that hit us because of a micro-ecosystem somewhere in China. A micro-ecosystem of live meat trade. 
many of these businesses that went out of operation and many of these people who got displaced or lost their jobs were in fact quite focused on doing what they were. They were engaged in goal-directed effort, yet there were forces beyond their control that destroyed their lives. A wonderful lady who joined one of my instructional design courses about 10 years back, her family had moved to India from a South African country, mostly so that their kids could grow up here in India. Her son joined a medical college where he suffered the brutality of ragging at the hands of his seniors. He lost his life. The lives of the family members changed because of factors beyond their control. Sometimes some things happen to someone you are related to, you are connected to, and those things change the outcome of your current efforts. And then all you can do is move the goalpost. The father of the young man who lost his life turned into an anti-ragging crusader. He used to be a professor. So all you can do is move the goalpost. You can move it laterally. You can move it towards you. We never know what would make us move our goalposts or change our plans. But it is important to remember that if the waters don't turn turbulent, we could actually, eventually, end up where we are going. It's important to remind yourself that you aren't causing the events, neither the ones that propel you towards your goal, nor the ones that push you away from your quest. The only thing in your hand is the effort, and you shouldn't scatter it away in all directions, but spend it in the direction of your goal. Now to the third point that Krishna makes, while motivating Arjun to pick up his Gandhiv and fight against his kin, the Kauravs. The third point says that you shouldn't let attachments keep you from doing your duty. Reminds me of this beautiful but tragic story of Hari Rani. This beautiful lady had just gotten married to a Rajput chief when her husband was called to war. Torn between his love and desire for his new wife and the call of duty, he found it difficult to leave. So as he got ready to go into battle, he sent his servant to Hadirani and requested her to send him a memento that he could carry with him. The queen did not want to distract her husband from performing his duty, so she did something incredible. She chopped off her head and the servant carried it back to his master. The chief looked at the gruesome memento and was filled with remorse. But then he tied her head around his neck and fought valiantly, later taking his own life and joining his wife in the afterlife. We have our own duties to perform. We have our own attachments to forego. Some of these attachments could be little, but the consequences of giving in to them may not be that little. For instance, your attachment to sleep, which is quite little in fact, could keep you in bed longer than required, resulting in your missing out on an important meeting. So you forego your sleep. That is a small attachment that you forego. When Narayan Murthy, the famed co-founder of Infosys, had to get the license for his first computer or two, the story goes that he waited the entire day in the waiting room 
of a government official. We have no idea what attachments he had to set aside, but I do believe that while he was waiting for that government official to admit him, to talk to him, he must have had to set aside his ego, his attachment to himself. In my experience, Krishna's third advice is the most difficult to understand, appreciate and accept. In our youth, attachments rule our lives and in fact, oftentimes, desire masquerades as attachment. But as we grow older, we start understanding them. This third advice that you shouldn't let attachments come in the way of your duty is something that I still struggle with. It is also something that I still haven't come to terms with. Because if an attachment appears more important to you than a particular duty, isn't it worth keeping? I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Here it is once again. Krishna's advice in more contemporary words using the spinning top vocabulary. Set a goal, make a plan, then forget the goal. Focus on your plan and put in consistent effort without mooning over the goal. Just spin per your plan. Two, whatever happens, remember that you are not the one causing it. There are people, organizations, communities, societies, even forces of nature that are external to you that you know nothing about but that are continuously at work. Expect your spin terrain and hence your spin speed and direction to change and remember not to blame or credit yourself entirely for it. 3. Try not to let your attachments come in way of your duties. Don't let yourself be tethered to a pole while spinning. Note that I say try because I haven't gotten it right yet. So I don't have the right to advise you. I'm just suggesting. This, my friend, is the only way to stay on track. As long as you have a goal in mind and your effort is directed towards that goal, sooner or later, you will win. You only need to persevere. If you like listening to my podcast, do like, also subscribe or follow on a podcasting app of your choice. If you are listening to it on Apple, please take out a moment to rate and review. For Android users, the Spinning Top is available on Google Podcasts. And if you listen to it on your computer, tune in to Spotify or Anchor.fm. If you'd like to connect with me outside this little time box, please visit shifaliyanand.com. Thank you for spending your time listening to me. Have a fascinating day ahead. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.